when somebody starts to tell a story, our brain waves start to slow down a little. We go from from beta, which is sort of our normal everyday active brainwave, into alpha. And alpha is a little bit of a slower brainwave. And it allows us to just open up and, and be receptive. And it's, it's a little bit like a mild trance. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day, 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 and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of effective video marketing to attract your tribe and grow your business. And in today's show, I'm actually bringing you a conversation which I really wanted to get and release for you guys back when this show was called the Engage With Story podcast. Because today's guest is an expert in understanding the neuroscience behind why stories are so effective in moving people to take action. However, I wasn't able to nail this guest down in time before the transition to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, but I can't wait to share this episode with you now because it's absolutely relevant to using video effectively to communicate and market in our business because story is one of the most powerful ways of engaging people through video. So building an understanding in today's episode of how the brain works when stories are told to it is going to be a really interesting chat and I can't wait to share this with you. So my guest today is Claire Edwards. She's the author of a book called A Sprinkling of Magic, which is effectively a workbook for communicators and educators to help them understand better the power of storytelling in their craft. So Claire is a facilitator, she's a speaker, she's a coach and as I mentioned, an author who's found her purpose in helping others to achieve their potential. Claire has spent many years in the corporate sector in various management positions, but is now focused on helping organisations and individuals through times of change, through emotional and behavioural excellence, through the power of storytelling, through mindfulness. Now you'll want to listen to the end of this interview because I actually share with you how you can get three free chapters of Claire's book, A Sprinkling of Magic, and also a discount code if you're interested in buying the full book at a great discounted rate. So make sure to listen to the end. So in this interview with Claire, we talk about why storytelling is so effective in moving people to take action. We dive into understanding better how the brain works when it engages with stories and how leaders, how communicators, how marketers need to adapt and refine their storytelling to be more effective. We talk about where people struggle most in telling their story and how to use storytelling in a way that doesn't seem manipulative or or forced in order to move people. And finally, Claire shares some really valuable tips on how to improve our storytelling day to day in everything that we do. So without further ado, I can't wait to share this chat with you. Let's jump right into Claire Edwards, author of A Sprinkling of Magic. Claire Edwards, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to our chat because all the way through 
engage with story right up to episode 50, I've been really interested in talking to someone who has some insight into the neuroscience of storytelling. And I know we're going to get into that today, but first of all, I just want to say thanks for joining me and welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. I'm really looking forward to this. So I really want you to, first of all, just fill our listeners in and a little bit of your background. So what led you to your passion for particularly communication, but also, also the brain? Yeah, and, and, the, and the brain and story and, and reflecting on this, I think there's probably been three sort of significant memories that I have around, you know, what I call exquisite communication. So the first one is, you know, we've all as parents, our parents told us stories, but, you know, my dad in particular was such a brilliant storyteller, but he never once read a book to me. He would just take me on these adventures and, and, and tell me about all these people and make stories up about adventurers. And I'd just get completely wrapped up and, and lost in his story. And then a little bit later on, uh, oh, I wanted to be a prima ballerina. I wanted to be, uh, it's a long time ago, the next Margot Fontaine of, of ballet. She was the best ballerina in the world. And I remember as a kid, going to see the ballet. And again, nobody's reading a story to you there. But just from the show that they put on, I'd get absolutely swept up in this and mesmerized by it. And then the third sort of major memory that I have was a boss that I had. I worked for um, an internet company and he was the best boss I ever had. And I realize on reflection now that every lesson he tried to teach me, every message he tried to give me, he'd wrap it up in story or metaphor. And that's what got me so curious about, so what, what is it about the power of story as a form of communication that overrides all the other forms. Mm. And then when I started to study the neuroscience of leadership and change, all the dots started connecting about what was happening in our brains when we were listening to story. Yeah, and so with those, you know, three, I guess, pivotal moments within your story and it's led you to the work you're doing today. Can you fill us in a little bit on the kinds of things that you do today for, for clients or within your profession? Yeah, sure. So when I'm working with clients, uh, not specifically related to storytelling, when um, I'm working with clients on change and, and leadership and I plan everything where I embed as much as I can, either through metaphor or story. Because when we, when we listen to facts and data, you know, let me ask you, Ben, how many times have you been in a seminar, presentation, or a conference when somebody has just done death by PowerPoint, bullet point after bullet point of data and statistics and facts? Tell me what you remember of that. I probably remember my Facebook feed on my phone, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They've lost me. They've lost me. <laughs> so basically what's, what's happening in the brain is that there are two little parts of our brain in the left hemisphere that are lighting up and all they're doing is taking the information in, processing the language and making a little bit of comprehension. So it goes in, it goes out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a facilitator and, and trainer, um, were I to deliver information in that way, then I'd be doing my clients a disservice. 
and so when we use uh, story as a way to engage, it, it is a completely different situation. We have a neural party going on. We've, we've got a neural rave going on. There are so many parts of the brain lighting up when we, when we engage with story. So not just sort of those processing areas, but every sensory area, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're feeling, what we're smelling, what we're, what we're tasting. I mean, it, you know, it depends on if you use sensory language as well, if you want to communicate with people and get everything fired up. Um, let me give you a little example. So it may be that you, uh, you had an epiphany, you had an insight, you, hit, you, you had an idea one night. If you were to share with people that, you know, it was, it, I remember it was a really cold winter's night and I was by the open fire and I just got like this waft of, of wood smoke. And as that was coming towards me, oh my God, that's when I had my eureka moment. And that's when I had the idea that changed my life. Mm. Can you smell the smoke? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, there, <laughs> you're there, aren't you? You're absolutely there. And, you know, as we go on through the conversation, there's so many other areas of, of brain processing that mean that story, story is memorable. It's remarkable. So I use story in, uh, in my workshops with clients when I'm speaking, obviously I will, for every key point that I want to make, I will wrap it up in a story form. And one of the most powerful ways for people to be with you and engage with that story is actually to, to, to let them find their own interpretation, to let them finish the story. You know, in, um, in, in a business setting, so if you're, you're a business leader and, you know, you want to get a point across to your people, um, maybe it's a, a story of an experience that you had, something that you did, uh, an idea that you had, or, you know, even better, a mistake that you made. If you take your people to a point where you're at that point of making the decision, and then you say to them, so what do you think I did? What decision do you think I made? And they then get involved and they answer you. And, and often, you know, if it's a situation where you, where you made a mistake and stuffed up, they'll then give you a textbook answer and you say, yeah, no, if only I'd had that hindsight then. But actually what I did was, and that works on multiple levels as well, because you're, as a leader, you know, people, people find vulnerability endearing. You're human. You're not lecturing to anyone. Um, you're sharing your message, your personal story, and they're finding their own interpretation and answer to it. So when I work with leaders specifically around the concept of story, then it's not so much about how well you tell a story. You know, you, you're a business leader. We don't really care about the cadence of your voice or where you put your pauses. It's about finding the stories to tell, that, those myriad stories inside of you that you don't realize you have. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about the, the way you describe that there is also finding ways to make the listener an active participant in the story by asking those open questions such as what would you what do you think I would have done or what do you think I did next um is that that's a deliberate tactic right of of opening and bringing people into the story and along in the story with you right absolutely absolutely because um when 
when people are listening to a story, what, one of the things that ha- that's happening in the brain is you start speaking about an experience and our brain is sorting through past memories for similar experiences that we've had. And they're starting, and at first it's unconscious and then something will pop into your head. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, yeah, that's just like me. I remember when I did that. And uh, one of the best ways for us to learn is to embed new knowledge and new learnings on top of existing learnings. And story is a really good way to do that. And rather than just being a passive listener, when you take part in that story, you're really embedding your new learnings, your new knowledge. And even an interesting thing is, even if we guess something wrong, um, we remember the right answer for longer. Mm. So it's that it's that level of, of interaction. It's that being on a path. This is no longer my boss. This is someone who's just like me, who's had the same problems as me. And you know, there are two ways that we can do this. We can, um, I'm going to, can I digress slightly and share a story that illustrates this? Would that yeah. be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I'm just thinking about, again, that's just popped into my head. Um, <laughs> so the first 10 years of, of um, my working career, I was in hospitality. And I got a job as a hotel receptionist in Geneva in Switzerland, very opulent, very affluent. Um, And I was very poor, poor as a church mouse. But I remember on the way to the hotel, I used to walk past this watchmaker's. And I saw one day, I saw this watch in the window and it just caught my eye. And about a week went by and it was, it was a white watch, um, had white leather band, and it had the faces of the moon. And I thought, I have got to have that watch. So I walked into the watchmakers, and it was, I remember it was 164 francs. I have no idea what that is in today's money. But I said to the watchmaker, look, I really, really want that white moon watch in the window. Um, if I pay you 10 francs a week, can I have the watch? And he didn't speak English and my French was about year 10 level. And he's looking at me a bit puzzled and has a chat with his wife. And he says, well, I mean, how can I, how can I trust you that, you know, that you'll come in and pay the money? I said, well, I'll I'll give you my word. I'll, I'll give you the money. And then he goes and gets the watch and takes it out the window. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't pick up the watch until I've paid all the money. (laughs) <laughs> of course, it's lay-by in Australia, but, you know, you'd never heard of it. They're not in, not in Geneva. And he said, oh, oh, okay. That, yeah, that's fine. So every Friday, I used to go in and I'd pay my 10 francs. And then the second to last week, I went in and he presented me with the watch. It was all beautifully wrapped up. And so as, as a business leader... You know, I, I might get my team together and say, right, team, okay, um, let's talk about some really good stretch goals that we really want to achieve. Or I can share my version of the Swiss watch story and say, have you ever wanted something so much that you'll find a way to get it? And even, you know, if you have to be creative and innovative and, and delay the gratification, but you'll do whatever you want to get it. Now, what are some goals that we have? Can you yeah. see the difference? 
Oh, it's hugely powerful. Yeah. I mean, people are, like you say, different parts of the brain are engaged. You're kind of taken into that, into that journey and you feel it and you remember it more and yeah. therefore it will have greater impact on the message that you're trying to communicate, the underlying message of, of goal, uh, you know, striving for a goal. Yeah. And, and, and really strong desire and wanting something. And, and so the message is wrapped up in the story. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm inviting you into a conversation. I'm inviting you in to see a different perspective. And to look for ways that your own story resonates. I mean, many people that you might be communicating that story to, probably everyone um, wasn't a little girl in Geneva um, and, you know, maybe didn't have a moon watch that they wanted, but everyone has their own, you know, their own story that resonates and, and aligns with your story there. So they can start to, you know, feel it feel it more personally themselves. Exactly. And I'm sure some of your listeners in listening to that story, their brain will already be sorting for their Swiss watch story. Mm. And it's about when stories pop into your head, when memories come back to you, write them down. Because once we start to gather those stories together, we can then look at them and say, okay, what, how can I turn this story into a significant message? Yeah, I love that. So, Claire, I, I understand that many of the listeners are not neuroscientists. We're not a, we're not neurologists. Um, but neither am uh, I. <laughs> however, I would love to for you to unpack a little bit for us, so we've got a better understanding of how the brain does work when we're engaging with stories. Can you can you simplify it a bit for us and help us understand to some level what's going on inside our heads? Yes, of course. Okay, so. Um, as I said before, if we're, just, if we're just listening to facts and data, all the brain is doing is processing and sort of trying to, you know, comprehend and make, make a bit of sense of this data. But the, the minute we know that we're going into story mode, um, this goes back to our evolution. And I'm sure many of your uh, people that you've interviewed have covered this as well. But it is a really important part because... You know, our ability to communicate through story precedes language. We are hardwired in our DNA to engage with story. So when somebody starts to tell a story, our brain waves start to slow down a little. We go from, from beta, which is sort of our normal everyday active brain wave, into alpha. And alpha is a little bit of a slower brain wave. And it allows us to just open up and, and be receptive. And it's, it's a little bit like a mild trance. You know, if you ever listen to someone who's an exquisite storyteller and, and the time just disappears and you're off into your own little world. So when we're listening to the story, our, the visual part of our brain takes over. We start to compile that story in images. And of course, for every brain that's in the room, we've got a different story going on. We've got a different set of images. We've got a different interpretation. So we've got, we're in a really receptive frame of mind. We've got little sort of memories popping back up into our conscious awareness so that we can add this story to that story. 
And for example, if you then bring emotion into the story, that's really powerful because when we can feel, when when we can feel a story, when we can empathize with the storyteller, it's a bit like having um, an emotional post-it note there for your brain. And and the brain loves to learn with emotion because it we can recall, we can remember. It's much more significant for us. And it will go from our short-term memory into our long-term memory. And one of the other things that if we're listening to story, and this sort of goes back to my point about letting other people finish the story for you, is if we can create some sense of curiosity, because curiosity is the most powerful state for us to be, uh, to learn. When we're curious, we release a chemical in our brain. Many of you listeners will have heard of it, which is dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is released from the reward system of our brain. It makes us want to repeat the action, to want to learn. Um, you've got two little girls, haven't you, Ben? I do, yes. Yeah, okay. So an example of this with storytelling with your girls would be that if you're reading them a story and it's a familiar story and you try and skip a paragraph or a page, what happens? Uh, They don't let me get away with it. (laughs) (laughs) No, because... That anticipation, um, that sense of reward of knowing what happens next, or it doesn't matter how many times you've heard it, um, they're really engaging with that. So there's so many things happening in our brain at at one time when we're engaging with story. Um, and, And I think an important point to make here is that bringing it back to business today we are we are in information overwhelm. You know, we are um, being invaded by information. You know, we even have new words in the diary: uh, infoxication and infobesity. <laughs> I've not heard that. Yeah, we are. We're consuming without digesting. Yeah. And so, and it's impacting our ability to learn. And as a leader, you want to inspire your people to learn and grow and giving them a fire hydrant of information isn't going to achieve that. Mm. It's interesting that idea of, of, uh, you know, allowing people to, um, you know, experience the story in that way and, and get that kind of hit of dopamine, because I think from a traditional story, correct me if I'm wrong here, but from a traditional storytelling, you know, Hollywood storytelling or, or novel fictional storytelling approach, this is the importance of having, having that clear plot line of that you know, leading towards a climax and allowing mm-hmm. that hero character to undergo yeah. a transformation because as a, as a viewer or as someone engaging in that story, we kind of are transported into the narrative and, and we feel what that hero character is feeling. So yeah. it, it, equally when they succeed in the story or overcome the enemy, uh, yeah. we feel that too. We have that, that, personal reaction right is that is that what's happening too we're getting that dopamine yeah absolutely and when we um when we bring our people in and allow them to finish the story off they're even more deeply they become the hero 
So, you know, that whole sort of hero's journey, which a lot of, you know, all your you, you brilliant films follow about, you know, the crusade, looking for the challenge, overcoming the challenge, becoming the hero, um, is so, so powerful and even more powerful when we hand over, you know, the Holy Grail, the chalice, whatever it is, and say, okay, you, 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 take, you carry this for me now. You tell me what happens in the end. Mm. Yeah. So with that in mind and with that understanding of how the brain works, how can people learn from this? So you've mentioned obviously one key tactic there in order to tell effective stories, we want to hand the, hand the outcome over in, in some ways to the listener. Mm-hmm. But what are some other things that we can learn from this understanding of how the brain engages with stories to help us tell better and more effective stories? Um, I think, Part of it is about, you know, keep keeping things real and being human and vulnerable. So um, there's work by um, Uri Hansen. He's, uh, he's at Princeton University and he studied, he studied the brains of storytellers and story listeners. And it's absolutely fascinating that our brains turn into little metronomes you know, the, the timekeeping yeah. things. So what happens when, when we're engaged in story, our brains start synchronizing with each other. And this has all been validated in, in functional MRI scans, that we literally are living the same story together. And um, even more so when there is a vulnerability or uh, you know honesty brought into it as well so we have we have the synchronization of our brains we've got this what we call brain coherence where we're all on these, these similar brain waves then we've got the added emotion where we're connecting with people so what i would say and and, and i've said it before is it's the most important thing really is to find your stories to tell and find a message within them. So there's no point just sharing a story if it doesn't have a moral or a message. People think you're just a bit strange and you're just wanting to share a lot about yourself. Um, but, but, but keeping it real, um, being prepared to be open about the lessons that you've learned and, and, and the challenges that you've had, I think is a way to become um, an inspiring leader and engager of others. Yeah, so what I hear you saying there is, is ensuring that your storytelling is both purposeful and vulnerable. Is that, is that a, a good summary? Very, very much so. Yes. There's no point just, you know, I'm sure we've all had people in our lives who just go on and on and on and on. And you think, what is the point to this story? Mm. So there is an element of of crafting in a way and thinking, okay, right. Um, And actually a, a great way to find the stories that are within you is to let someone interview you. Now, I've got a series of questions that if it's okay with you, Ben, I'll share, I'll share with you and you can put on your resources. Yes. Um, and one of, the, uh, one of the other people that you've interviewed for your podcast, the wonderful Amber James, I had her interview me. And again, from a brain perspective, when you're trying really hard to remember important stories you're in the wrong frame of mind 
But you get someone who you trust to just sit down with you over a cup or a beer or a wine and just start saying, okay, so tell me about this and tell me about that and tell me about a time when and what was the most significant. And you record this. Um, there's a richness of experience that comes up that yeah. you never realized resided inside of you that is so powerful to share with other people. We're not trying to turn you into a professional speaker, just someone who can inspire through story. Yeah, I think that that interview process allows people to more naturally open up, right, particularly when there's trust in that relationship. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's really cool. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll make sure we get that story interview questions sheet um and we'll get that up on the show notes page as well for this episode so make sure you uh you listen to the end guys and we'll let you know where did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business if you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list then now's the time to get started or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I want to introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back. And as an engaged video marketing podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally, you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash convertkit. Now, this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com slash convertkit. Go into a little bit now about where, where you feel people struggle with stories. So, you know, storytelling doesn't, even though it's like you say, hardwired in us as humans, I think the the deliberate act of storytelling, particularly in a business sense is often mm. hard for people to, to get their heads around and people struggle. Where, where do you see people mostly struggling with telling stories? Yeah. I think they struggle to tell their own stories. Firstly, they don't think their stories um, are valid and that's because they haven't sort of connected the meaning or the purpose to it. Um, and I, you know, and I think particularly if you're someone who's naturally, um, very logical, analytical, and rational, and, you know, to, to share of yourself is, 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 seems like a risk, feels like a risk. So it's about, you know, one of the ways that you can start actually is by, is by sharing, um, other stories, what they I suppose in traditional storytelling sense, they call them apocryphal stories. So we remember as a kid, like the story of Cry Wolf, mm. you know, we share, we'll share that story with kids, but there are other stories around, um, 
that and and I've gathered 101 of them to put into a, into an ebook but there, there are other stories that have really important messages and again you can just get familiar with reading that story and and just share the story and then say to say to you people so what what do you get from that what does that say to you and i can guarantee 10 times out of 10, people will get different meanings from different stories. So if if it's a step too far, if it's too far out of your comfort zone to start sharing your own stories, then look for other stories. Look for stories in the news. Um, Once you start, and again, this this is a wonderful part of your brain. It's called the reticular activating system. So once somebody listens to a podcast about story, they'll start to see stories in other places. You know, just watch the news, um, read a newspaper, listen to an interview program or something, and you'll start to find something will pique your interest where you think, oh gosh, I I can probably use that in my team meeting tomorrow. Or I can open up a team meeting with, you know, did, did you hear about that, that thing on the news last night? What did you make of that? You know, and then find a link. Well, how we, how can we use that in our, whatever we're doing today? So the, it's not, it's not just about sharing your own stories. I think that is absolutely the icing on the cake, but it's finding stories and it's within business. It's about, you know, what are the stories that we're creating day in, day out? You know, we have fabulous success stories. Are we making the most of that? Are we, are we turning them into case studies? And it's not just marketing doing it as an external engagement strategy. It's being absolutely thoroughly proud of what you're delivering within your business. Um, and, you know, I'm working out scenarios. So there's, watching documentaries, watching films. I remember when I was in sales years ago and our boss said, okay, we're going to stop at four o'clock. And we all went into the canteen and she pulled the blinds down. And we watched this film called Touching the Void. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant film. It's where a decision had to be made. It was about two climbers and it was a, a part documentary because they actually interviewed the climbers and one of the climbers fell and the guy had to make a decision as to whether to cut the rope or not. I don't want to do any spoilers, but you know, that, that, I, that was such a significant memory for me that as a sales team, we all got together and we talked about the film and we had so much energy afterwards and it was a difficult time and we, it just gave us that motivation. So I'd say, you know, expand on what the concept of story is. There are so many ways you can bring story into your business world. I think there's so much in that for for our listeners here today, Claire, because for many, even many of the guests that I've had here on the Engage With Story podcast and, and now the Engage Video Marketing podcast, they often talk about the you know finding those stories within and, and finding those stories from your own your own history um which as you say is is a great way to inject more storytelling into what you're doing but i love that idea of really finding stories externally as well finding relevant stories that you can have in your in your library of stories um and and using those effectively as well i think that is actually a a great technique or tactic for people who maybe fear their personal stories um, to start using story more deliberately. 
Very much so. And I think, you know, if you're embarking on this journey, what you don't want to do is start day in, day out telling your own stories because that that it, it won't carry the gravitas, the weight, the impact. People just think you're being arrogant and <laughs> self-centered. Yeah. So there are, stories are all around us once we start to look for them. I'd love to explore with you a little bit now around the medium in which the story is told. You just uh, told that story of, of using a, a basically a feature film documentary in order to communicate, you know, a, a, a message. And I'm sure that's that sales manager or whoever brought you into the canteen to show touching the void, you know, understood that she could, or he or she could potentially stand up in front of you and say, look, we're all in this together. And, you know, we've got to, you know, look out for each other and whatever that message was, she could have lectured at you, but by using that, that story told on, on video, it, it had a, a different way of connecting with you. Yeah. And as this is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, I'd love to see from your perspective, why you think video is such a powerful tool to use to tell stories. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that's a really interesting point, Ben. And uh, just to sort of to set the scene on that, what I'm thinking about is uh, many of you listeners will have heard of something called learning styles that um, was made uh, quite prevalent by the field of neuro-linguistic programming. So we do these little um, surveys to find out if we were primarily visual or auditory or kinesthetic, which is that which is feeling. And what we've now been able to validate through neuroscience is actually that's not true. We, we all we all learn with all of our senses, but primarily, and this makes sense, that primarily we are visual. We have more neurons in our brain dedicated to sight and more connections between our optic nerve and our um, visual cortex, which is at the back of our brain. So when we see as well as hear, we're engaging the whole brain. And something interesting happens. There are specific neurons in our head called mirror neurons. And when we see something happening, we're experiencing it in exactly the same way. So, for example, going back to that film, when we could see, you know, does the guy have to cut the rope for his climbing buddy, which is an absolute no-no in, in, in the climbing world, you know, our heart's going, it's racing, we're sweating, we're tense. Um, you know, in theory, it's a bunch of pixels on the screen, but it's not because we're absolutely there. So when when we add when we add that visual element to something, we're strengthening the bond even more. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's really interesting, and I, I love that idea of it, you know really recognizing that you know video is just pixels on a screen but it's it's the perception of what those pixels is communicating that becomes the reality for the viewer and um, that's where obviously you know good filmmaking or good storytelling can really make an impact and um, yeah to to allow people to connect on that uh, subconscious emotional emotional level can I uh, just expand on that a bit further with you and and explore when it comes to, I mean, obviously Hollywood filmmaking or that, you know, high stakes filmmaking, such as touching the void there that you mentioned, we, I think we can 
quickly connect you know how impactful that is but mm-hmm. when it comes to say something as simple as using using a video message in a in a corporate environment rather than uh say a written um update you know let's imagine there's a manager a, ma- a team manager of a large team what's the difference in the way the brain reacts to someone say writing a couple of paragraphs about what's going on in the business versus getting on camera and looking straight down the lens and saying hey guys this is what's going on in the business is there a, a difference in the way the brain reacts to those different mediums absolutely great question so when we're reading an email from someone firstly we're reading it in our tonality and with our interpretation. And it's just words. Basically, there's uh, two parts of our brain in the left hemisphere called Broca's and Wernicke's, and they're like a little word processor. And it's like, da 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 oh yeah, so what, delete. Um, you know, and, and, and it may evoke some emotion if, if it's around change, but hopefully people aren't going to send really important messages like that via email. When you get someone, when you get a stakeholder, a boss, um, uh, someone in charge who actually engages with you through video, firstly, it's, it's showing that they care. So automatically, you've got that emotional engagement with them. We can also see their facial expression, which is really important for the brain as well. We, the, the brain will be able to recognize authentic and inauthentic expressions. So you'd better be real (laughs) about what you're saying when you're delivering your message. But it's, it's accelerating the uptake and the acceptance of the message because you're here with me. Um, you, you know, you may not physically be here with me, but I can see you. I can see the way that you're saying what you're saying. I can look into your eyes. I can tell if you're being genuine or not. And that can make a massive difference, Ben, particularly when we're in a complex change situations in business. If you decide, if you think that you're going to be able to bring your people with you on board, you know, by sending them an email update, then I think you've got a difficult challenge down the line in getting people across and with you. But when you stand up there and you're real and you're genuine, and particularly in what we're calling 21st leadership, you even have the courage to say, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. Then you're building your tribe. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think, um, you know, what we've gone into today, we could keep talking about for, mm-hmm. for hours probably, but, um, you know, we've certainly touched on a, a lot of elements of the power of, of understanding story and the role it plays within the brain, but also, you know, how effective video as a medium can be in communicating uh, to those areas of the brain in the way that story does. So, you know, it's been really good to to have you on here today, Claire, just to, to leave our viewers with, with ways that they can connect more with you or follow what you're doing or reach out if they, if they feel that there's some synergies with what, um, with what you're, what you're sharing here today. So where can people find out more about you? Okay, great. Thank you. So from um, a storytelling perspective, I've got a website called a sprinkling of magic.com. A sprinkling of magic.com. I have written a book about um, storytelling for, for communicators, for, for, for business leaders, for, for trainers. So it's all about um, the, the power of story, the scope of story. So all the different things that we can 
that we can take a story and then there's uh, lots of elements about how how to craft a story, how to share a story. Um, and that's a sprinkling of magic. That's That's the book that I've written. And also there's sort of three products on there. There's the storytelling book. There's 101 um, stories and metaphors for business and life. We haven't even covered metaphor yet. And there's uh, 101 quotes for business and life. And I've created a little coupon there called Magic. So you get a 20% discount on on what there is. And if you want a hard copy, that's available on Amazon. Um, Outside of my storytelling... Uh, my web my website is brain-smart.com. So my business is BrainSmart. Excellent. And guys, we'll have all those links and a mention of that discount code as well over on the show notes page for this episode. So be sure to, to head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash podcast and uh, you'll see all the links there. Claire, it's been awesome to have you on. I'm just, I geek out on this stuff, to be honest. Um, I, I really, <laughs> yeah. I love it. And I love I think the, we all do. <laughs> I mean, I love the simplicity in the way that you're able to bring these, these big concepts to people. So I really appreciate your time and being on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. So thanks again to Claire. I really appreciate you and I appreciate the time that you spent sharing your knowledge and wisdom with the Engage Video Marketing audience. So what did you guys think? Are you anything like me? Do you get a bit nerdy on the old brain science behind storytelling? I know that for me, that was a really interesting chat and I can't wait to hear what you guys thought about that as well. So as always, shoot me an email, Ben at engagevideomarketing.com and let me know or tweet me at engage underscore Ben or hey, while you're at it, why not follow me over on Instagram and shoot me a message there too at engage underscore Ben on Insta. Now, as I said at the beginning of the show, I want to share with you how you can get the first three chapters of Claire's book, A Sprinkling of Magic, absolutely free. And it's pretty easy. All you got to do is head on over to the show notes page for this episode engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 53, episode 53. Head over there, read through the show notes, and you'll find a link at the bottom of the show notes where you can download straight away the PDF version of the first three chapters of Claire's book. You'll also find there a discount code which you can use at asprinklingofmagic.com to actually purchase the full book at 20% off. And that discount code is magic. So simply enter the discount code magic over at a sprinkling of magic.com and you'll get 20% off the full price of Claire's book. So until next week, thank you again for joining me. I would love you to subscribe if you haven't already so that you can get every new episode as it drops each Tuesday. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing and I'm here to help you attract your tribe and grow your business through the power of effective video marketing. So until next week when we'll do this all again, I can't wait to be back in your eardrums. See you later. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free Foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, 
so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com foundations. I can't wait to see you there.